It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, don't write history just yet. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday and a jam-packed show for you. So much to get to. Top segment of this show brought to you by our friends at Sports Card Investor. Make sure you guys give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Coming up on the show, the most appropriate listing of who Georgia should play coming up with the schedule changes. We'll get to that as well. What are the Hawks doing? Are they late to the party? We'll find out here coming up shortly. But I want to start at the top here with the Atlanta Braves. Of course, they, they beat the Philadelphia Phillies last night 5-3, to three, but a struggle, but uh, they end up coming out on top. Uh, of course, no Kensley Jansen anymore. He's on the IL. So we'll see how they navigate through this. But, you know, manifestly, the game didn't matter. It wasn't the story for the Braves yesterday what was the story however is that dodgers first baseman former braves first baseman freddie freeman has uh looks like he's firing his agency excel sports management and his agent casey close because he is upset about the way things went down after uh not you know the, the weekend against the braves and how emotional it was he's upset at his agent for the way things went down and you know uh i guess still wants to be an atlanta brave and while we can sit here and part and parcel how things should have went down, and we'll go over the kind of flow of here, here in a second, but at the end of the day, I think two things are paramount. One, Freddie's emotional. Two, he's trying to blame somebody else for something he did. And we'll get to that here, but let's just go back and rewind how it all went down. The Braves made Freeman a five-year, $135 million offer, right? And then his agent, Casey Close, went back to Alex Anthopoulos and presented two offers to the Braves that were well north of $135 million and said, okay, you have an hour to either match one of these deals, accept one of these deals, whatever it is. The Braves came back and bumped it up to $140 million, which is still nowhere near close. And uh, Freeman and his agent at that point in time said, oh, okay, we're not doing this. And so Alex Anthopoulos wisely assumed that one of those two offers that he had out there was an offer, a solid offer from another team. So Alex Anthopoulos said, we can't wait. He goes and executes the Matt Olson deal, signs him to a eight-year, $168 million contract. And uh, Freddie Freeman was left holding the bag. And uh, the bag was money. And so that was that. And it was over and done with. Dodgers come in, they give him his six-year, $160 million deal. And, you know, here, here we are. And so, you know, while I don't think that there was a lot of emotion. I think there was a lot of emotion around the last weekend. What I don't think we should do is write the story yet that Freddie Freeman made a mistake, that the Braves made a mistake, that somehow they should have figured this all out. You know, I think this is all going to work out 100% for the breast. I think the Braves definitively made the right move. I think you don't overpay guys who are over 30, regardless of, of Freeman's production ability. I think it's just bad juju. I think the Braves provided themselves with a lot of roster flexibility. A lot of ability to uh, 
to continue to add pieces down the road. The Dodgers are always going to be good. The Dodgers are always going to spend money. So it's a different scenario whether they made the right move or the wrong move. If they made the wrong move, if Freddie ends up, you know, falling off here terribly, it doesn't matter to them. They can fix it. That's not the case for the Atlanta Braves who are on a budget. So I 100% think the Braves made the right move. But what I really think is going on right now with Freddie Freeman is something I think we can all understand. I'll get to that in a minute. But first, a word from our friends at Sports Card Investors. And whether you're a casual card correct collector looking for exciting alternative investment opportunities, the free sports card investor app has something for you. Breakout stars, uh, prospects debuting. You can check and find the value or great deals on all of their cards. You know, players like Adley Rushman. Um, you can get the nostalgia of old players. Go back in time and see how much your favorite old cards are worth. Uh, and if you're interested in getting into sports cards, find great deals on your favorite players. And it, this is a, a way to figure out if you're a sports card collector what you have in your hands and what they're all worth. I know I have a bunch of old cards. I can download the Sports Card Investor app, figure out what they're worth and if there's anything there. So you do the same. Download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on because all of our locked on users are going to get a special deal with downloading the app. Okay. Uh, Freddie Freeman, no longer part of the Braves. And what happened the last weekend to me and where he is right now is something I think we can all understand. Let's go back to a time in your life where you had a breakup with a significant other. And it was a rough breakup. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like fighting, arguing. But it was just like one of those emotional breakups where you couldn't come to a resolution about the way forward. You couldn't come to a a, a, a unified ground on where you both wanted to be three, five, 10 years from now, whatever. And the breakup happens. It's emotional. You cry. You're upset. You know, you can't figure out what happened. You get angry. You're in denial. You go through the stages of grief. You go through all of that. And then you get over that, that initial shock of the whole thing. And, and you start to move forward with your life. And then there's a, a happenstance meeting between the two of you. You both end up in the same place at the same time. And it's one of those things where for you, your heart skips a beat, your eyes bug out like you can't believe that they're there. And whoa, and you, you just, you, you, your chest is pounding. You don't know what to do. And your ex walks over and they say hello and they give you a hug. And, and you know, for a moment it feels great. And then all these emotions start rushing back. Did we do the right thing? Should we have broken up? Are we supposed to stay together? This felt right. And I can't believe that I did this. And, and you're just overwhelmed and you're thinking and thinking and overthinking and, and, and analyzing and it's paralysis by analysis. It's all those things. You just can't figure it all out. And you start to question whether you did the right thing. And then guess what? That moment passes again. And then six months, a year down the road, you meet somebody else and guess what you realize? It was the right move. What I, what I found was better. And I'm not sitting here saying where Freddie, Freddie Freeman's better than the Dodgers. What I'm saying here is that there's a lot of emotion involved in this right now. Uh, and there shouldn't be any emotion involved in business. It's that simple. Freddie Freeman may figure out down the road he's in a better spot, that it was the right thing, that it all worked out. And I think the Braves, 100%, are in a better spot. It's sad that they lost their star, the guy that they drafted, the guy that they brought up to the minors and all that, it, whatever. I don't play into the emotion of that whole thing. This is a business decision, and I think the Braves made the right business decision 
for what they needed to do at the moment. And I'm here in New York with a family and I keep seeing the New York Post is even writing stories about, oh, how the Yankees should be cautionary. It should be a cautionary tale with the Braves and Freddie Freeman and don't do the same thing with Aaron Judge. And I'm sitting here telling every Yankee fan I know, if the Yankees win a World Series this year, let Judge walk. Let him go. It's okay to break up. It's, it's, it's okay to split. It's not the end of the world. It really isn't. It's something that very much easily uh, can be fixed. So, you know, uh, I don't think that what is going on with Freddie Freeman right now is uncommon. And I understand the emotions under all it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have emotions about it. But, man, you got to get away from it. You haven't even been with the Dodgers for six months yet. You haven't even been in a playoff race with the Dodgers yet. You haven't even – I mean, nothing is ha- – it's a little early. You're still in that emotional phase wondering. And the meeting, the, the happenstance meeting was a little too close to when it was, you know, uh, any chance to get settled in the new relationship that you're in. And while I'm not going to be, a, you know, a, a relationship expert here, I'm just going to say that I, I think it all worked out for all parties involved, and we'll see that down the road. All right, coming up next, uh, the SEC football schedule is changing. Now, I understand geographic boundaries and everything else, but what the real Georgia schedule should look like from a purely football standpoint. We'll do that next right here on A to Z on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. We'll be right back. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, search Locked On Sports Atlanta. This segment brought to you by our friends at Saqqara. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and the SEC are adding two more members, as everybody knows at this point in time. And so they are still tossing back and forth the idea of what they're going to do with their schedule, whether it's just going to be eight um, opponents and one steady opponent, uh, you know, a rotating basis of eight opponents, and or they're going to do the normal thing where they have three opponents and then five rotating uh, non-conference schedule games or whatever it is, uh, one non-conference game and, and uh, three, five rotating opponents. It goes back and forth, right? Um, and so – Seth Emerson, who is as good as it comes to when you talk about uh, covering Georgia and everything else. He's of the athletic. And he put together a list of what he thought um, the Georgia opponent should be um, based off of, of order of like most likely, most, you know, best rivalries, um, best games, best teams to play. Um, and I'll read it to you real quick because I, I sort of morphed it into something of my own here. Um, but of the new, you know, UG or the new UGA uh, opponents that are going to be there, the new SEC opponents, I should say, he ranked them from 15 all the way down to one uh, as far as most desirable rivalries, right? Uh, so Mississippi State's at 15, uh, even though Mike Leach is there, he's not going to be there forever. Missouri at 14, Arkansas at 13, which I thought might have been a little bit higher given Sam Pittman um, and, and his ties to Georgia. But it was not to be. It's not really much of a rivalry between Georgia and Arkansas. Ole Miss at 12, despite Lane Kiffin uh, being there. Again, who knows how long he will be there. Vanderbilt at 11, Kentucky at 10, AM at 9, uh, LSU at 8, which I also thought would be higher. They only played each other 12 times since 1992. So uh, it's not a team that Georgia plays all that often. Uh, Oklahoma at 7, Texas at 6, Bama at 5, Tennessee at 4, South Carolina at 3. Auburn at two and obviously Georgia at one. And if that is, uh, it's going to be a nine game conference schedule that rotates the one game that you're going to see every single year. 
is Georgia, Florida. Now, I took it in a little bit of a different direction. Um, and what I said was basically from a purely football standpoint, what do I want to see? Which teams do I want to see Georgia play over the next three to five years, right? Because I'm here for good football. I'm here for exciting football. I'm here for for matchups that that actually matter. And uh, I think that when you talk about, you know, the the matchups that I want to see, this is the way I sort of run it down. I'll give you those here in a minute. First, a word from our friends at Sakara. You know, if you are looking for wellness, joy, and abundance in all the areas of your life, the way to start is with what you eat. With Sakara, you can get nutrient-dense metal meals, not metals, nutrient-dense meals. Uh, there are probably some metals in there, you know, like the, uh, the, the minerals that you eat. Anyway, snacks and supplements that nourish your body without ever sacrificing taste or quality. True Radiance starts on your plate, folks. Made with high-quality organic ingredients, cigars, plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat to ease digestion to clear skin, boosted energy, moods, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering to our listeners off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20. That's the code. Enter locked on 20 at checkout or go to sakara.com slash locked on 20. That's sakara, S A K A R A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. All right, my list for the Georgia Bulldogs here and who I want to see them play from a purely football standpoint. And I can tell you that from eight to 15, I don't care. Uh, these are my top seven because I really don't care about everybody else, but these are the top seven teams. I'd love to see them play over the course of the next three to five years. However, you know what? I will say I'll add in I'll, I'll, at eight. I'd probably put Kentucky just because they're getting closer to contending with Georgia and them upsetting Georgia would actually actually be huge for them. I don't think it'll happen, but they're, they're going to be a thorn in Georgia's side. Um, but Kentucky is a program that I think that's on the rise. Uh, I'd put them at eight. Number seven, I put Ole Miss. Why? Because I want to see Kirby Smart go up against Lane Kiffin. That I want to see. Two former Saban assistants squaring off. I think that's fun for me. And plus, you get contrasting styles. You get Georgia defense-heavy team against Ole Miss, an offense-heavy team, um, and you get that matchup. Number six is Texas. Um, for two reasons. One, you get to see Arch Manning play live uh, when that happens within the next two to three years. And two, uh, it'll be fun for Georgia to pound Texas. Uh, Texas isn't very good from a football standpoint. I don't know how much better they're going to get quickly within the next 35 years. Obviously, Arch Manning may, may change that. But uh, this is about Georgia strolling into Austin for me, beating the crap out of Texas on national TV and walking out. That's fun for me. That's like the one football standout game, I think, from a blowout standpoint, I would enjoy. Um, because, well, Texas always seems to think that they're better than they are. And in reality, they haven't figured out that they're not that good yet. Could be, but not yet. Number five is Tennessee. I do enjoy watching these two teams play. I think Hendon Hooker this year is going to provide a level of competition that Georgia is, is uh, might be a little bit surprised by. Um, Hendon Hooker and Tennessee, I think, are a team that I think has this year has – they might have some old Miss flavor from last year, right? Um, that could be a 10-win team when it's all said and done. 
they may surprise some people this year. Just keeping their eyes on them. Um, at number four for me, Arkansas. And again, this is also about uh, styles making fights. This is tough pound them, run them defense, you know, tough pounding running offense for Georgia and hard defense. And the same thing for Sam Pittman. He's modeled Arkansas a lot of what, what he learned at Georgia. And I think that to me is something that is uh, absolutely worthwhile uh, from a football standpoint to watch. I think you get a really good matchup between those two teams. Number three, Texas A&M, uh, Jimbo Fisher, A&M, big program, big names. You know, I think whether I'm going to get 100% the best football game, I don't know, but Texas A&M defense is really good. I get two defensive battles. Uh, Texas A&M obviously needs some help with the quarterback. Uh, Haynes King is coming back this year for the Aggies after the uh, the broken leg last year. So who knows how well he's, how, you know, how good he's going to be. But in the next 35 years, I expect Texas A&M to continue to be a, a very high-level program. And uh, matching up against Georgia, I think that's fun. Those are games, again, that I want to see. Those are matchups that I want to see. And then finally, the last two, and after I give you number two, you'll figure out who number one is, but uh, LSU at number two. Georgia heading into Baton Rouge um, to go down to Death Valley and play a game there on national TV at night, to me, looks awesome. Just the hype behind that, I think, is great. You get Brian Kelly there now. They'll probably be a little bit better. Uh, at least they'll get some better quarterback play, theoretically. But that's a, a, a football game I would get excited about. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, LSU's defense is what turns me on about this, right? I know Joe Burrow's not there anymore and that offense is gone, but LSU's defense against Georgia's defense looks like it's a fun matchup. And then finally, Bama, can you ever get enough of watching Georgia-Bama? <clears throat> I can't. I'll watch those two teams play over and over again. Won't bother me. You're always going to get the best in high-level football. All right, coming up next, uh, are the Atlanta Hawks late to the party? And is it too late for them to – is it too costly, I should say, for them to get what they need to be a better team? That's coming up next right here on ADZ on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Before we get to the Atlanta Hawks and uh, why they may be late to the party or at least very late to an expensive party, time now for some shovels of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. Yeah, you know how we do it every day. We like to whack somebody upside the head with a shovel, set them straight for doing something or saying something stupid. You can do so as well on my Twitter account, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to visitors at Yellowstone National Park. I say visitors because I don't have a name uh, on the story, but uh, this is uh, interesting to note that there was a man at uh, Yellowstone who uh, was gored by a bison. Uh, a 34-year-old Colorado man uh, from Colorado Springs was ordered and was charged by a bison in the recently reopened Yellowstone National Park on Monday. Um, after rescuing actually a child who was in the animal's path, the family had wandered out, I guess, into the area where the bison are. They got dangerously close uh, on a boardwalk near a giant geyser at Old Faithful. And um, there's video of the attack on an Instagram account called Tour Tour on Tours Ons of Yellowstone. That's a Tourons 
of Yellowstone. That's a weird name. Anyway, T-O-U-R-O-N-S of Yellowstone. Uh, Touron's not a word. Anyway, uh, so you can see in the video that this whole family in this small boy or within feet of a bison who decides, okay, I don't want you anywhere near me and decides to run it. The man has to stand in the way and then gets gored in the arm by the bison and was taken to the hospital. This isn't the only time that this has happened. It's a second attack in a month. A 25 year old woman from Ohio was gored by a bison and was tossed 10 feet in the air. Uh, folks, in case you haven't gotten the memo, standing next to large, undomesticated animals in their habitat usually ends up poorly for the human. No, no, hard pass. Uh, I, I, I like nature. I enjoy nature. Heck, I've even been camping once or twice. But uh, me getting that close to an animal without proper trainers or trainees or, or no, just no, it, it ends badly. It ends badly. My, my cell phone camera, like, it, it can zoom way in. I'll get an up-close picture from there. I don't need to be that close where I can get gored by a bison. Oh, by the way, who the hell brings a small child around a bison? What the hell's wrong with you people? Dear Lord, like, this should be readily obvious stuff that, hey, don't do this. It ends poorly. But yet, nobody figured that out. Nobody figured that out. So, and if you want to... Watch Yellowstone. Isn't there a TV show? Oh, wait, that's not about that. Anyway, I kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. Uh, what isn't kidding is the price tag for Deontay Murray now from the San Antonio Spurs. There are reports out there that the Spurs would be seeking up to four first round picks for Deontay Murray. Uh, yeah. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Like four first round picks for a player of Kyrie Irving's stature? Sure. Deontay Murray just made his first All-Star game. Um, and uh, he is a very good player. Um, yeah. But four first round picks with little to no lottery protections? Nah. Nope. I, I, as I tell you repeatedly, I am all I am all for GMs who go all in and make big moves. But this just feels excessive, right? It feels reckless. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know. It just doesn't feel like you're making the best deal. Now, the other reports say that the Spurs would accept uh, Onyeko Okongwu and Lua, one of those first-round picks. Um, If I said a Kongwu and two first-round picks, you might sell me. You, you, you could sell me. I think I could be sold. I think I could be sold. Because in reality, then again, you still keep Collins. Um, you still keep Capella. You have those parts of your team that are still intact uh, and ready to go. And you add a piece like Murray. Okay, I can I can do that. But again, this is their this is the problem for the Hawks, is that they have to try to find a way to get better faster um, without having to retool the entire roster. It's not an easy situation at all. It's not an easy uh, fix. So uh, you know, and and you see what the New York Knicks are doing right now is they traded Nerlens Noel and. 
they, they cleared some cap space to get Jalen Brunson. Like Jalen Brunson is a, is a very good player, but does he catapult the Knicks to a four or five seed in the East? Nah. Nah. He just doesn't. You know, like he just flat out doesn't. So um, I don't know that there is any sense in what the Knicks are doing, and I hope the Hawks don't end up in that same spot. I don't think they will because they have better leadership and a better GM, but, you know, this is a scenario for the Hawks that they have got to figure this out and figure it out fast because when free agency, when that door opens, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go quick. It's going to go quick. So uh, what you're hoping is that you're not left there going, I don't have somebody to dance with. Music's going to stop. If they don't have a trade partner, guess what? They're running it back again. And that doesn't feel good for the Atlanta Hawks. That'll do it for us here on this Wednesday. Make sure you guys subscribe and like our YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow all the shows on the Locked On Sports Atlanta platform on Twitter at Locked On ATL. But if you have A to Z, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones, Braves Postcast, Locked On Hawks, Locked On Falcons, of course. And of course, and make sure you guys check us out every single day for the best in Atlanta sports news. Uh, appreciate you guys giving us all the love and support. We're over 2,000 subscribers. I forgot to mention that last week when it happened, but we're over 2,000 subscribers already. We're growing fast, and we're glad that you guys are part of this whole journey with us. Back tomorrow uh, for another show. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, at Mark Zeno. You guys have a great day. Don't take the crap from anybody. See ya. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.